Welcome to the Saturday Cadence Podcast, your ultimate destination for all things college football. I am your host, Blake Biscardi, and our podcast is a must-listen for avid fans, casual enthusiasts, and anyone looking to immerse themselves in the thrilling world of college football. Join myself and David Wertheim as we guide you through the intricacies of college football, offering valuable insights, analysis, and captivating discussions while keeping you up to date with the latest news and recruiting developments. We go beyond the headlines, which is what separates our show from other college football outlets. Our podcast is not just about news and analysis, it's also about the people behind the game. That's right, it's about you, the fan. We bridge the gap between fan and fame. Join us and embrace the thrill, excitement, and strategic brilliance that define college football. Tune in, stay informed, and be a part of the conversation that shapes the sport we all love. I'm Blake Biscardi, and remember, the Saturday Cadence Podcast is the heartbeat of college football. The 2023-24 college football playoff field is set. Liberty breaks through and makes it to a New Year Six bowl game. And did Florida State get snubbed? Welcome to the heartbeat of college football. This is the 64th episode of the Saturday Cadence podcast. Blake Biscardi with you for the college football playoff rankings reaction show. We're going to take all of this in here over the next couple of moments. The committee released the playoff for this year, Michigan coming in at number one, choosing to play in the Rose Bowl game. They will face Alabama. This is controversial. The tie getting in at number four. We'll get to that in a moment. And then in the other semifinal, Washington as the number two team in the country, playing the number three team in the country, Texas in the All-State Sugar Bowl. So when you look at this playoff, it is clear we had Michigan and Washington in at one and two. There was not much discussion there of if the Wolverines and the Huskies were good to make the playoff. It was a matter of who's number one and who's number two. It was simply caught that Michigan was the most dominant team this season. They got the edge there at number one, maybe playing in a stronger conference, maybe having stronger wins, though Washington did beat Oregon twice. They check in at number two. Texas led this cluster of teams behind them. We had Alabama, Texas, Florida State, Georgia, and Ohio State as those five teams vying for the two spots, though Ohio State really was sitting there in fifth place this entire time. Texas having the head-to-head -head win over Alabama, and this was the scenario that we talked about. It would throw the playoff committee into chaos because there was not a straightforward, correct answer for them to do. They chose Texas and Alabama, leaving undefeated Florida State out of the playoff. Georgia back-to-back -back defending national champions, winners of 29 in a row. They are left out of the college football playoff. And Ohio State also left out of the college football playoff there at 11-1. and one. So now, Florida State being left out, that is the big storyline from this because the Knowles, 13 games were put in front of them this year. They won all 13 of them. The defense put on a master class the last two weeks. No Jordan Travis due to a leg injury. And Florida State was able to win in the swamp on the road with Tate Rotomaker. Then he left the game with a concussion. So third string Brock Glenn started against Louisville on Saturday night. And they didn't do much offensively. They didn't jump off the screen at you as, hey, this team is still one of the four best teams in the country defensively. Absolutely. But when you look at this Florida State team, what they were able to do this season, 
They're elite at the wide receiver position. They have a great quarterback in Jordan Travis. They have a solid running game, very good defensive line, led by Verse there, the great pass rusher, Jared Verse. And they have a solid defense. So Florida State has all the ingredients you need to be a playoff team. Unfortunately, Jordan Travis's injury kept them out of this college football playoff. The committee does have a bylaw stating if a team does sustain an injury to a player or the removal of a coach or person on the team that the committee believes would affect their postseason performance, they do reserve the right to drop that team in the rankings on those grounds. That is what happened in this case because Florida State did not leave any doubt in the minds of people that they are one of the four best teams in the country. We always get into this argument, who is the best team and who's the most deserving team, who are the four best teams, who are the four most deserving teams. Well, if you go by most deserving, Florida State would be in the playoff because they won all 13 of the games put in front of them in a Power 5 conference, beating an SEC team in LSU in a season opener in a neutral site game. They did what was asked of them. They could not have done more. And they can't help an injury to their best player in Jordan Travis. But watching that tape, watching the games, Florida State didn't look like one of the four best teams, but they have the resume there that said they should be in because they won all their games in a Power 5 conference. So Florida State not in. Mike Norvell, Florida State's athletic director, both outraged at the situation. And rightly so. They have grounds to stand on here because you could not have done more given the circumstances. You cannot control injuries or plays you can't simulate those, and that was the way that the chips fell. I saw comparisons to the 2014 Ohio State team where Braxton Miller goes down the beginning of the season, so Ohio State already playing the season with a backup quarterback in JT Barrett. Well, he went down against Michigan in the rivalry game there late, and Cardell Jones comes in. They finish the game. Ohio State wins. Then they go on to the Big Ten Championship game, and that was Ohio State's final chance to impress the committee and say, hey, we are one of the four best teams in the country. They were competing with Big 12 teams, Baylor and TCU, when the Big 12 did not have a conference championship game formally in that brief era. And Ohio State won that game 59 to nothing. Cardale Jones played outstanding in that matchup. The Buckeyes left no doubt. And that was really the big key. I kept saying Florida State has to leave no doubt that they're one of the four best teams without their backup quarterback because it's not an apples-to-apples apples discussion. It's apples-to-oranges if Florida State didn't win big or still look like the team they were when Jordan Travis was there because Florida State's resume with Jordan Travis is a college football playoff caliber resume. Without Jordan Travis, they don't pass the eye test enough when they're grouped into a cluster with Texas, Alabama, and Georgia, and even Ohio State. So Florida State left out of the rankings, Alabama getting in, beating Georgia in the SEC championship game, 27 to 24. The Tide have completely turned their season. Now there was talk out there, Alabama could vault into the playoff even without Texas. That was always nonsense because the committee chair, Boo Corrigan, said head-to-head -head is head-to-head -head no matter when it happened in the season, and that's how they look at it. So if Alabama was to go to the playoff, it had to be with Texas, unless Texas lost because of that head-to-head -head game. So that's why Texas jumped all the way to number three, and Alabama gets in at number four, setting up two very good semifinals here. Early lines in these games show Michigan as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That line now moved already to one-and-a-half, but Nick Saban gets into the playoff after being disrespected all year. He was an underdog in the SEC championship game. They won, gets to play the underdog card again. 
in a semifinal in the Rose Bowl. So Alabama, Michigan, New Year's Day in the Rose Bowl. And then Washington and Texas, Longhorns opening as four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Huskies. That's sure to be another outstanding matchup. And another underlying element here is that Texas and Alabama are both in this playoff. We've been debating this all year. If Texas were to get to this place, would they get into the playoff? Would Alabama jump them because Alabama is the hotter team right now? They're playing better football on paper. Most people think if they played again that Alabama would win the game. Well, we're one game away from seeing that rematch. Last year, we were one game away from seeing an Ohio State-Michigan rematch. We didn't get it. This year could be the same thing. One game away from an Alabama-Texas matchup that's been debated since the second weekend of September when we saw it. And maybe the outcome is different this time, or maybe Texas just proves that they are the better team and beats Alabama for a second time to secure its first national championship in over a decade. Now, if we look elsewhere around here, the playoff, those are the four. Big storyline here with the New Year's Six Bowl games. Liberty has won Conference USA. They are 13-0. Jamie Chadwell has done a phenomenal job in Lynchburg in his first season the Flames get to the Fiesta Bowl as the highest-ranked group of five team. There was belief after SMU beat Tulane yesterday that SMU would jump Liberty. That did happen in the AP poll, if you look at it, but the AP poll and the selection committee do not always match their polls. So Liberty is the team that is highest-ranked. They checked in at number 23 in the final poll for the committee. They will play Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. So 13-0 Liberty gets to take on an Oregon team that is probably pretty disappointed to be there because they had their sights set on the college football playoff. We all thought we would get this rematch and Oregon would win that football game because Oregon felt they outplayed Washington in the first matchup, but a couple fourth downs didn't go their way. A couple past field goals were there and they chose not to kick them. And that ended up costing them the game. So Oregon had the revenge opportunity and lost a second time. Washington ended up going to the college football playoff. So a disappointed Oregon team finds a red-hot Liberty team that will be excited to be there, though the Flames struggle on defense, do have the top rushing offense in the FBS. Then the Peach Bowl is going to be Penn State and Ole Miss. That game is an interesting matchup there for James Franklin, also for Lane Kiffin. Two coaches that are pretty much the same coach, just at different schools and how they perform on the big stage, the expectations of the school and the fans versus reality. I think that's going to be a sneaky, good game from a competitive standpoint. I think they're two evenly matched teams. Then you look at the Orange Bowl with the tie in here, the highest ranked ACC team or ACC champion, depending on who goes to the playoff versus the highest ranked. SEC or Big Ten team that happens to be Georgia. They will take on Florida State winners of the ACC who did not make the college football playoff again. So Florida State and Georgia playing in the Orange Bowl. Georgia needing this time wherever they landed to get healthy. We saw in the game against Alabama, Brock Bowers looked a little bit banged up there, kind of playing on one leg. Lad McConkie was hobbled a little bit. So Georgia having some injury issues here. So they could really use this month off to heal and prepare before that game kicks off on December 30th. Then in the Cotton Bowl, you have Ohio State playing Missouri. Eli Drinkwitz's team going to be very excited to be there. And Ohio State, a little bit disappointed that the college football playoff is not in their future for this year. 
only losing to Michigan. They're in the same spot as Georgia. Ohio State and Georgia could have lost any other game on their schedule and still gotten to the playoff, but they lost the game they couldn't lose. Ohio State lost to Michigan, doesn't get in. Georgia loses to Alabama. They don't get in. If they win those two games and lose a different one, we've got Ohio State and Georgia in that playoff, and you cannot convince me otherwise of that because they would have won their respective conferences and probably be meeting in the Rose Bowl as well. Do you like retro apparel with vintage logos, or do you prefer more current? Either way, Homefield has you covered. They pride themselves on celebrating the history and tradition of colleges and universities across the nation, while also highlighting the present day. With over 150 schools to choose from, check out Homefield for all your apparel needs this season. Whether it's a t-shirt, hoodie, or loungewear, Homefield is the only place you should shop for your favorite college apparel. Use code CADENCE at checkout to receive 15% off your first order today. Then, so let, let's let's slow down here for a minute and go back to these New Year's Six games. These matchups in the playoff semifinals, I think they're outstanding. That's going to be excellent football. Then you look at the New Year's Six game and nothing really jumps off the page at you. It's like, hey, that's going to be a great game. I can't wait to see this matchup. I think if you look from an excitement standpoint of how happy these teams are that they are where they have landed, I think Liberty is the most excited team and Missouri is the second most excited team. And you look at these top eight teams that have stayed the top eight from the first ranking from the committee to the final. They were the top eight teams and we don't get to see any of them matched up against each other. I know we get Florida State and Georgia, but no Jordan Travis for Florida State. So the Knowles going to be in a tough spot against the dogs who feel that they were slighted from the playoff and they're one of the four best teams expect a hungry and disciplined and physical Georgia team to just overpower Florida state in that matchup. Unless they're able to really bottle up the Georgia offense and maybe Brock Bowers isn't able to go. We'll see what happens. It's still very early for that matchup, but you look at this game, Ohio state and, and Missouri, nothing jumps off the page. You was like, Hey, I really can't wait to see that game. Probably going to get some opt outs here, going to get some to see some, Younger guys play behind, especially for the Buckeyes. Missouri will be excited to be there, but there's just not a lot of intrigue that you'd rather see as if Ohio State got an Oregon or a Georgia. That game would carry a ton of interest from across the country, but instead we get Ohio State-Missouri in the Cotton Bowl, a place the Buckeyes haven't been since 2017 when they beat USC. Then you look in the Peach Bowl, probably the best competitive standpoint bowl game of the New Year's Six, not counting the semifinals between these two teams I touched on already, both programs in similar places. They have similar expectations in their conference and even their division, third place. They have a chance now to finish their season the right way, propel some good momentum into the next offseason where both teams should be far improved. And then, like I said, the Orange Bowl is going to be tough. Georgia should overpower Florida State in that matchup. And then we sit with the Fiesta Bowl. Oregon in that game, it depends. They had their sights on the playoff. They will be disappointed to be there. Now, I have no doubt the Oregon players will be competitive in that game and they should win, but the group of five team typically plays well in this spot when they come into the New Year's Six Bowl games. We saw it last year firsthand. Tulane beat USC. Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy and his team lost to Tulane, the group of five team, in the Cotton Bowl. Now, I know Williams was hobbled and he was playing hurt basically on one ankle, but you lost the game. And I would expect this game to be more competitive than people may think just seeing, oh, Oregon was a top five team in the country. 
just last week they lost to Washington. They're sitting now at eight, and they get to play Liberty, and Liberty plays in Conference USA. They have the weakest schedule in the entire Power Five. They don't really have that good of a defense. We'll back the bus up. Hold on a minute. This team has the top rushing offense in the country. Caden Salter is a mobile quarterback. He's going to be able to extend plays with his legs, push the ball down the field. Liberty can score points, and they can run the football. Those are the ingredients you need from an offensive perspective to stay in a game with a team like an Oregon. And so I expect this game to be very competitive, and I think the Flames have a chance to leave the Fiesta Bowl with a victory if all goes their way. So really big news there for the group of five getting their undefeated representative into a game. SMU was the other team considered. They finished one spot behind the Flames in the final rankings. Liberty at 23, SMU at 24. So a lot of good games here as we react to this college football playoff. I was surprised to see again that the committee decided to go with Texas and Alabama instead of Florida State from a deserving perspective. But if you looked at social media on Saturday night and on Sunday before the release, I, I thought on the graphic that we posted that this is the direction the committee would go and they would take Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama because of that section of the bylaws where it states that if a team sustains an injury or the removal of a player or person, they do reserve the right to move them down if they feel their postseason performance would be expect would be harmed or changed or impacted. And that was exactly what happened there. And I think we could all agree that Florida State is not the same team. But at the same time, it's that argument where they won their conference, a Power 5 conference, and they won every game on their schedule, including a Power 5 victory in the non-conference, two of them actually beating Florida and LSU, which LSU probably going to have the Heisman Trophy winner in Jaden Daniels, which is where I want to close the show. So looking at this Heisman race, Bo Nix was the favorite. He did not beat Washington, and now... The Heisman Trophy should fall into Jaden Daniels' lap. His performance has been outstanding all season. He's played really well. He, if it's not on LSU, LSU probably loses two more football games this year just because of his dynamic playmaking ability. LSU doesn't have a defense, so some of his stats may be inflated, but it is it is inarguable that he is one of the most valuable players in college football and probably the most valuable to his team given what LSU had defensively. Myron Harrison Jr. may be the other one that you could argue as the most outstanding player to their team. But Michael Penix and Bo Nix likely to finish second and third in that voting. And then Marvin Harrison Jr. I expect to be the other invitee to New York to round out that Heisman Trophy race. That, again, award should go to Jaden Daniels of LSU the way things ended up falling on championship weekend and rivalry weekend. And we saw something similar last year. CJ Stroud and, you know, Bryce Young kind of fell out of it a little bit, but Caleb Williams was up in that race with Stroud. And then all of a sudden, Ohio State loses to Michigan and Stroud just fell off. His candidacy fell off because that was his last game. And Caleb Williams played one more and he was playing hurt. So he had a, a decent first half against Utah in the Pac 12 championship game last year. Then they, ended up losing that football game, but because of his dynamic playmaking ability and the wow factor that he has, he ends up winning the Heisman Trophy, which again, he had the argument not, not to take away from 
his award or his performance, but that's just how it fell. And it was similar this year with Bo Nix and Michael Penix, where Michael Penix fell off a little bit toward the end of the season just because Washington wasn't winning flashy and Oregon was. So Bo Nix vaulted to the top there and he had to beat Washington to secure that Heisman and unfortunately fell short. So Bo Nix and CJ Stroud, I feel for the two of them falling a week short in their candidacy. Jaden Daniels should win the award based on the same grounds as last year with Caleb Williams. So all four outstanding players, let us know on social media who you think is going to win the Heisman Trophy there and what you think of this college football playoff. Did the committee get it right? And that's the question we always come back to is, did the college football playoff selection committee get it right? And I think from a best perspective, they have an argument that this is the correct four. But if you put Florida State in, that argument is also just as valid as this one, if not more valid because of being an undefeated Power 5 champion. And even if you left Georgia in or Ohio State got in, there were arguments, no matter what way you shuffled these teams, the committee could find justification to do what they wanted to do with these teams because the top eight were so good this year. And I remove Oregon because they have the second loss. The top eight were so good this year that all of them had cases to get to the playoff. And this would have been a perfect year for an eight-team playoff. I wish, like what J.J. Watt said on Saturday night, there should be an emergency move to a 16 playoff because of all these teams. That way, Georgia and Florida State both get in with Texas and Alabama. But unfortunately, that's not possible. But the good thing is next year, this moves to a 12-team format. And these top eight teams that went coast-to-coast in the playoff rankings will all have made the 12-team playoff. So much to look forward to next year. But for this year, we're going to enjoy the final four-team format. Again, Michigan number one, Washington number two, Texas number three, Alabama number four. Wolverines and Tide facing off in the Rose Bowl and the Huskies and Longhorns in the Sugar Bowl. Let us know again on social media your picks for who's going to win the college football playoff and the Heisman Trophy here. We will continue to have coverage throughout the bowl season. We'll get some Army-Navy action, some more Heisman Trophy action later on in this week's show as, again, we talk more about this college football playoff and if the committee got it right as we lead into this and the bowl season. Guys, thank you for listening. Continue to follow our coverage on social media at Saturday Cadence on Instagram and Twitter or X and, and on TikTok at Saturday Cadence Pod. I am Blake Piscardi. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and follow our coverage by tuning into our website, tsilverbulletin.com and following us on social media at tsilverbulletin on Instagram and Twitter, as well as at Saturday Cadence on Twitter. If you follow those social outlets, you will stay up to date with the latest recruiting news, the latest around college football and the latest just touch points where we can post clips from the show and you guys can continue to digest content in any way that we can get it to you. Also, if you would share the show, we would greatly appreciate that as we continue to grow our audience. Again, thank you guys for listening.